<laughs> part, two. Part, part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> kind of sounds like farts. I'm just impressed by the theme song library we got going here. Yeah. That, that one in the last one was new. Yeah. Just came out. Mr. Darren Sprawl is at the keyboard. this time. Hello, all you crazy cats and kittens out there in pod personal land. Welcome back to Text Before Calling. I'm your host, Sean Nasty. Joining me as always is not Eric, the wheelman. Uh, we have uh, Derek Laporte. Hello. Yay. Thank you. And Thank them. We have Mr. Joseph Bonnier. <laughs> More appropriate. Thank you. <laughs> Coming into port. <laughs> and Talking. joining us again, Mr. Jason Ornelas. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, These all make sense. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Bonnier, you had some inquisition about the prequels. Oh, no. Here we go. With the absence of Mr. Wheeler, we can actually discuss this thing with some sort of level head. Uh, well, okay. I've recently been watching the Mr. Plinkets. Have you guys oh, seen Mr. Plinkett's YouTube yes. videos? I think they're fucking wonderful. Yeah, I gotta they say. are. He's he, the be- he, he's the best YouTube reviewer. They're better than the they prequels. Sh- they should teach this in film school. I feel yeah. like they You could. Really they Oh, well, me? <laughs> I actually should use some <laughs> Yes, I should actually. Okay. You've Reminder, got, I will write that down on my iPad. <laughs> we'll do that next class. Okay. Anyways, um it, it made me think of just what how what a missed opportunity the prequels were. And Eric, I know Defends them a lot. He really thinks they are still good movies. I think mm. I I don't want to, yeah. you know, straw man him. But I was curious I how think Mr. He likes the prequels better than the originals. <sighs> I feel like that is just him trolling, but that is his. I thought stance. it was just. I thought it was just he likes it better than these new ones that are coming out because at least it was original. That like no, and at least uh, there was something being attempted. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, now but, there's nothing being attempted. We've got we've got Mo, we've got our version of the Moss Eisley mm-hmm. in this yeah. in this new one. Oh, there's yeah. going to be one in the next yeah. episode. Oh, if you haven't on. heard about this, yeah. there's going to be a version of Moss Eisley mm-hmm. there. So they're just they're just inserting parts and pieces into oh, yeah. what South is all was totally formula. right. It's all yeah. member berries. It's yeah. all yeah. just you know. Yeah. At least they should copy Empire. Why are they copying Moss Eisley again? Because everyone likes it. It's iconic. Yeah. Come That's on. What it is. Fuck Max Rebo. His band sucks. Max Rebo sucked. Yeah, it's true. And blows. Play that fucking same song over and over. Yeah. So what was your question about the prequels? How does Jason feel about the prequels? Oh, here we go. I think this, I feel like, so first my comment is I feel like it's dangerous to guess what Wheeler's motivations are behind liking the prequels. Oh, we've had literally hours of conversation about this. Yeah. You'll never know his true motivations. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Wheeler is a many faceted man. Yeah. Um, But for me, I think the best shot at a movie that was worthy of the Star Wars universe was the first one, The Phantom Menace. And I think everything else down for, there was not only sort of put on the conveyor belt, but also just very um, poorly thought out and written. Right on. One of the best things about Star Wars is that it's a, it's a fantasy sci-fi world that's taken on like a drama. Hmm. Uh, and for, you know, essentially for adult audiences and uh these the prequels were essentially uh not taken on very dramatically and were sort of these melodramas 
um, so for, for kids and families. Yeah, so there's no subtlety. There's no character growth. Um, the most annoying there's thing... There's no comedy. There's, there's no true comedy. Yeah. It's all like, oh, a creature fell over and bonked its head. Yeah. Boy, isn't that wacky? Jar Jar stepped in poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right, yes. Uh, so I don't like them. Um, I think that they're, all in all, they're bad movies. <laughs> um, there's so much that can be said. But they made so much money. Yeah, well, <laughs> lots, so, lots of stuff did that nobody ever will talk about again. Um, yeah, I, the thing is, I'm a little biased because of my age. I went, and I guilt, was guilty of this, especially in episode two when like Yoda brought out his lightsaber. I was like, ah, oh, fucking cool. Yeah, lightsabers mm-hmm. for everyone. Oh, no, there are cool moments, yeah. and there are like m- I, moments that, you know. But looking back, I, I, I cringe at that scene where Yoda takes up the lightsaber and jumps around like a little fucking Muppet. I don't, yes. I don't like that. <laughs> yes. like, it, it's fucking, it's embarrassing. Fan, it's fan service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like... The, the way they treat lightsabers is really, I would say, emblematic of the series because they're originally taken out very sparingly. They were important. They were they were weapons for an, an age that wasn't there, right? They were swords yes. More in an age, age with fucking, yeah, with yeah. guns, with blasters. Yes. Now it's like, especially in the prequels, everyone has a fucking lightsaber and like- they talked about this in the Plinket one, but like even like the fat Jedi who can't move around has a lightsaber. Like why why is that his weapon of choice? Like well, well, the whole point of Yoda is that he didn't need a lightsaber, right? He was above that. He mm. he was a Jedi master who could move shit around with his mind. And- well, and why does also why does everybody have to I mean, I think you establish a world and a set of rules in the uh original trilogy. So nobody's jumping around like a ninja. Yeah. Nobody is like, you know, making impossible it's leaps. It's classic swordplay. It's, it's classic swordplay. It's essentially some version of sci-fi Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. Right? These Arthurian. are not. Yeah. And these are not. And they're, um, they are action movies uh, to an extent. And. Okay. So let me, sorry. Let me just very dive dry in here. So what did, how did you feel about the Darth Maul lightsaber battle at the end of Phantom Menace? I thought that was good. I thought the the level to which uh, Ray Ray Parker Ray Park I believe yeah Ray Park was yeah. acrobatic yeah uh, was like that's the limit right because yeah, yeah. he's actually doing all of those stunts right, right, right. but he was different enough from Darth Vader but not like crazy fucking uh, uh, crouching tiger sort of no it wasn't insane and they fought him like the lightsaber battles were well choreographed it was human yeah uh, enough to seem like. It wasn't melodramatic. Okay. Um, everything with the little kid, <laughs> he's it's hard for him to act. Uh, you know, but he's the main character of the movie. But the lightsaber battle, the characters, mm-hmm. the the way that the Jedi's were in that movie, in a lot of ways, made sense. And it only got worse from there. Yeah, I I kind of agree. Uh, I think looking back, I lo- love that battle. I love Duel of the Fates. I'm obsessed with the yes. music from there. Yes, I think a lot of it is there. The scenery is kind of strange and all, but you know, why are they in that? Like you know, all these these ledges and these cliffs, whatever the fuck. But I think that it is extremely well choreographed. And that's something that whatever that guy chose, that stunt director in that first movie, and they were kind of all now victim to that. They all now have to be these 
uber choreographed, like, you know, flying ninjas. When in fact, that I didn't like that about the Jedi. I liked the fact that they were like these wise wizard-like guys who would, you know, only, and they were peace-loving, you know, yeah. peacekeepers yes. who would only bring out their weapons when absolutely necessary. They're essentially a monk. Yeah, yeah I liked that yeah. they were warrior and, monks. Yeah, the movement should have been more like Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu, where it's like, you know. Actual fighting styles that human beings can do. Well, that and more just like uh, small movements that use that movement that momentum against the the person. Yes, they are not about flourish. Exactly. They yeah. are not about, you know, they're supposed to be monk-like. It's yep. supposed to be about substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This all goes back to what you were saying about, control. about um, disobeying the rules that were already set out. Yep. And I, I actually think that the moment you're mentioning that split for all of the movies happens there where you've got the lightsaber battle in Phantom Menace and that is like, a furthering of classic Star Wars that is adding something into it mm -hmm. and uh, to the original formula. And then simultaneously with that scene, I believe you've got the little kid, Anakin, right. in the spaceship flying around and doing right. wacky stuff yeah. as one of the best pilots ever. And totally. you have this split right there. Yep. And also not to mention the shitty... Uh, rescue or not the rescue where they had to go in uh queen amidala had to go in the palace which was intercut with that as well yes mm. so it was not just the shitty you know uh, anakin, young, young yeah. anakin in the naboo starfighter it yes. was this horrible dumbass palace intrigue like you know using the Political guns with thriller. the uh, yeah it was so bad with the guns with the um shit the grappling cables like the batman guns mm -hmm, didn't make mm -hmm. any fucking sense why would you put that on a pistol god that pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> clearly okay yeah. i think i think one of the issues is that that well, with the with the prequels, Lucas is kind of honing in his own story, right? Because he knows already what he has to tell in the course of that trilogy, right? Because he knows that Anakin has to go to the dark side because of blah blah blah. And yeah. I think when you have when you have the initial yeah, when you have the initial three, he's telling a story which is like an age old kind of classic story, basically. It is the hero's journey. Yeah, it yeah. is the hero's journey. This has to not be that. This has to be the building us up to that point, mm -hmm. basically. Guiding us. So, That's why so he it skipped lends all that itself, when he made the first movie. It lends itself to, to melodrama, yeah. right? Because he's like, well, you know, uh, Anakin has to fall in love with the queen, and then they it's have to a have tragedy. the kids. Yeah, and, yeah it's yeah. a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. and... and and I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's as good at that as he is at like. There's, there's definitely some things that Lucas is good at, uh, even if we don't give him credit for it a lot. Um, I actually, it was interesting. I saw, um, I saw a thing with Ron Howard talking about uh, the making of American Graffiti, which mm. Lucas yeah. probably the most human movie that yeah. Lucas ever directed. I've never seen it actually. Uh, really what's it about? Bunch uh, of kids getting a hot rod. Basically, it's a bunch of kids kind of, I think, soon to graduate kind of thing. Uh, 50s thing. It's like halfway in between Happy Days and Fast Times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Less uh, comedic than any of that, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, he said that Lucas didn't know how, like, didn't know what to tell the actors. Mm. And they realized that after, no. after the first day. And so that the actors just basically got together mm. and they would rehearse. Just figure it out themselves. They would rehearse with each other or whatever. So <laughs> it becomes more human because of that. You move on to this point where here we are, you know, and this is like so many years later. George Lucas is, of course, George Lucas. Star Wars is huge. 
it's such a big thing. The actors are not going to do that. Yeah. He also gets well, it's all people, in the green screen he also, and he's behind fucking Video yeah. Village. Can you and imagine? And he's also getting people who are not that experienced yeah. to begin with. Can you imagine the different read we could get on all three of those movies if they were actually directed well in terms of the actors? <laughs> like right. a good yeah. actor can yeah. sell bad dialogue. Totally. They're all pretty yeah. good. I mean, there's some great actors. Fucking Natalie Portman is a great actor. Uh, Why? I, She's I, horrible I, in the prequels. I, Hayden Christensen is actually not a bad actor yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't, and, exactly. He's not a bad actor. Yeah. He's just... The writing was horrible. I would yeah. say the directing. And the directing was, was horrible. Directing is not good. of the actors. <laughs> but it's just like the whole. <laughs> he's an idea guy. Yeah. 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 He's not a. He's not a. Uh, he's not a tinker in terms of human experience. Yeah. He's why an did idea he demand guy. to direct? I don't understand why he would demand to direct f- uh, episode one, Phantom Menace, because after he didn't ep- direct, um, he gave up direction for Empire and, Re- and Return of the Jedi. Quite uh, honestly, not so for, no, he did the first two. No, he no, didn't he do it. No, uh, that no, was uh, Richard sure. Richard Markhand. Oh, for uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, or there's two dudes mm. that that switched off for both of those. Gotcha. One of them actually, uh, the guy who directed Empire was an excellent director and passed away not too long yeah, Irving, after Irving it. Kirshner. Irving, yeah, Kirshner. Kirshner. Yeah, Kirshner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, so I think he got to a point mentally in terms of directing those films that he just didn't want to be told no anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I have actually talked to writers that I've um, worked on sets with that have written for uh, like the Clone Wars series, the animated one, and um, Star Wars Rebels. And the thing that I got is he his response to all that was, they're my stories, mm. which I think is kind of like his position once he got to that point. Yeah, was, yeah. They're my stories. I don't want anybody telling me what I can and can't do. It's tough to argue with that. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of the problem with directors, though. They like they forget that their first movie was as collaborative as it was, yeah. and then they're you know they're right. They don't want to be told no anymore. Yeah, they they think that every decision was theirs, but in in essence, it was you know a a much more collaborative atmosphere in those first movies than it was in the later ones. So that is is certainly detrimental to the creative process and sort of the the checks and balances that is the artistry of movie making. Yeah. Totally, I and it's to- not just his anymore. Right. It's, it's after 30 it's years. Everybody's, yeah. It's yeah. everybody's it's universe. Culture. I mean, yeah. It's it culturally is, done. He has a, a moral obligation to the fandom, essentially, that has sprung up around it. Yes. Yeah. And the people who built that fandom with him, which was not, yeah. you know, the fandom lasted not just because of George Lucas, but because of authors, because of fans, because of yeah. other Yeah, he didn't do artists. shit for 30 years. Yeah. Well, he did the video games, I guess, kind of. But LucasArts was like in and out of that shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. But- um, I wanted to say something about the editing because I found this interesting because mm. I'm obsessed with Ben Burt, Benjamin Burt. You love oh, Star yeah. Wipes? Star Webs? Star Wipes. What is that? Clock Wipes more so, but just horrible transitions in- The old, the, the, the that they use for gotcha. every movie wipes. afterwards. Wipes. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I am not an actual picture editor. I'm a sound editor. So there you go. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, the point You've is- You've heard of transitions. Ben Burt. Yeah. Right? I'm just slow with that. Ben Burt is, my, is the godfather of sound design. Total pretty genius. He created many of the favorite sound effects, including the lightsaber, R2-D2, Chewbacca, all this shit. I'm like a bird. Uh, he's also done all the Pixar shit. He's the voice of Wally, yes. for instance. So he's done a lot of amazing shit. Probably, again, like I said, the godfather of sound design. Some of the best sounds ever created. Anyways, I thought that was, was Michael Winslow. <laughs> uh, yeah, without his mouth. Um, he was the editor of the prequels, the picture editor. So I found yeah, this so right. fascinating. I'm like, mm. wait a minute. So the guy who's literally made his name, his legacy, the first line of his obituary as a sound designer, is now going to spend 
his all of his stuff now editing the picture of the the most important comeback movie of all time. You know what I mean? Like mm. yeah. really Phantom Menace Sweet. was like, you know, huge at the time. Yeah. It had to be I don't think he had edited many if any features before that as a picture editor, hmm. which is interesting yeah. too cuz those are big undertakings. Totally. But I I don't know, maybe maybe it was nepotism because they're friends, but Tell me what you guys think about this oh. because this was something I had not originally noticed in the prequel movies, but especially in the second and third one. There are literally moments where Lucas designed software to morph from one take into another take in the same shot. And there are, you oh. can look this up on YouTube. He morphs Hayden Christensen's face mm -hmm. from the first half of one take yeah. to the second half of another take. And to me, that's kind of emblematic of the problem of those movies, mm. which is that you can't just come in with technology and make a performance, and make it make the movie out. Yeah. Of it. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I've but then again, I mean, uh, Fincher kind of does the same shit with like taking half of a take from one person and half a take from the other. I realize the uncanny valley of the morph and the weirdness of that is yeah. a little bit different, but it is still kind of crafting performances that weren't necessarily there. But maybe he's or, actually doing it out of like pr the sake of the performance. And I feel like George Lucas uses technology out of hubris. Yes. Yeah. He invented so yep. many. No, of those, I'll, I'll buy was, that. Was behind so many of those technologies. Totally. I mean, yeah, that was, that was kind of like, you know, star Wars for as much of a cultural influence as it is. It was a technological fucking influence. Yeah. Throughout. Master, masterpiece. Exactly. And you know what they achieved even in the first ones, but the sequel, the prequels again, um, you know, they were, constantly pushing the envelope whether or not that worked is a whole nother thing yeah but, yeah did not what were you going to say about ben burt i was looking up all the movies he edited mm -hmm. um and what basically it's not a lot but uh, really it, the only thing he did was a couple episodes of young indiana jones which is the <laughs> shitty tv series in 92 because yeah. he was friends with spielberg Still a lucas thing yeah uh and yeah and lucas too um and but then pretty much nothing really no big movies until 1999 episode one so that was like his first big movie editing at all. And then they gave, I don't know. It's just surprising to me. The whole thing is full of, of questionable actions like that yeah. where, uh, okay, I sure do that. You wrote it, you wrote it and you're directing it and a sound. Well, and Ben Burt, who hasn't edited a lot of pictures is going to edit it. Okay. He was also doing the sound too, you know what I mean? And, and I don't know. It's, it's, uh, maybe it is hubris, but it's just, um. Or a lack of a threat of failure. How could he fail yeah, at that point? Very true. Yeah. It, yeah, it didn't really matter who the editor was. Where You know, I'm making this picture. I'm going to tell them what edits to make. Yeah. So, why it, you know, I'll get the guy I like rather than the guy that's good. And it also, I think, and I don't know the exact details of the story, and you guys can correct me, that the original Star Wars, you know, A New Hope, had to be, like, completely re-edited by his wife or someone's wife. Who was it? Uh, you know the story? Like it originally was edited and it was horrible. Yeah. And then someone basically saved it by re-editing it. Uh, I wouldn't familiar. be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That is pretty much most movies. That happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, First Apocalypse cut of now. everything is pretty bad. Sure. <laughs> like, that's true. That's uh, one of the things that's really hard to understand is like where a movie can be versus where it is. And that process is like a whole thing unto itself. That's hmm. the reason why I only watch like rough cuts totally. of everything, yeah. you know? Try and That's get, why, yeah. Try and get that core them hot story legs. Yeah. yeah. If it does rough cuts, didn't come off someone's server. Get the ones that's got to have time code exactly. at the bottom of it. Yep. Time yep. code or nothing, bro. No, and then <laughs> uh, 
Com- composite shots. Yeah, like, yeah this is where shots. the dragon exactly. will go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, says, it just has text at the bottom, dragon shot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine dragon. Clearly we're talking oh. about Game of Thrones now at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all things these days. Speaking that, yeah. of hubris, mm-hmm. uh, determining how you make your your media, I guess, Game of Thrones has that problem too, in my opinion. Determining uh, how you make your Here we go. They're so, they're so popular and so fan servicey at this point mm-hmm. that you watch how the, you think about how they work out a scene and they think first they think visually and then they think logic afterwards. Oh, gotcha. So first they go, how are we going to make this look real? Yeah, and then yeah. they go, uh, that part doesn't make sense. Yeah. Have them throw a rock. Right on. Okay. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> slap, slap a sticker on that. It's good. What's so <laughs> weird is I love that one episode this season. I don't want to get too much into Game of Thrones right now, but that let's one, actually go. Just go ahead. Let's go for it. All right, let's go the, for the it. fucking loot train attack. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That, yeah. that was fucking amazing. That episode. And the other ones, meh. Not nothing really impressed me. Well, how did they do one I, episode, fucking great, and the other ones such disappointments? Because they they, I feel like they they write themselves into corners. Yeah. You can see without his blueprint, without George R. R. Martin's blueprint, yeah. how much the the actual showrunners suffer from connecting A to B to C. Yeah, well, I mean, you can see even just like the lack of subplots in these episodes. Like most of these episodes have centered around maybe two, maybe three locations at most, whereas all the previous seasons have been pretty much taking us to every clan within every episode. So you know, there used to be some subtlety to get from A to B. Yeah, yeah, now totally. they just jump. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree that Martin is the star of this season. Absolutely. <laughs> like if, yeah. if there was any argument that he's needed, it's definitely this season of Game of Thrones. Um, did, w- did he, which episode did he write this season? I don't think he wrote any. He didn't he wrote, write okay. any. He's supposed no, just to be a- his lack of, ha- like the lack of that guiding book Yes, is so present and clear. Yeah, because it is. It is literally. It feels like fan service now. Yeah, it's just like this character is going to meet this character. Okay, yeah. cool. They're going to have a little chat. Yeah. Like that last episode with them going around the wall. Like the the beginning of it is just two characters talking to each other. Yeah. Okay, and then we cut to like a wide shot of them walking. Now we're two different characters talking yeah. to each yeah. other. You the, know, and it's like it's like, oh well, I wonder what it would be with uh, what would what would Jorah say to Jon Snow about the sword? Yeah, but then <laughs> we, we spend, let's see that, huh? That'll not, be cool. You're not supposed to wink at the audience the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, well, this is mean, not winking. This episode, or the, that last one that you're talking about specifically, at, by the time this show comes out, the whole season will have come out. That's true. But this last episode that we have seen is, um, yeah, it just, it felt like it was a lot of establishing characters to kill them off. So there was just like so much wasted time in these like circles of conversations that could have been paid off in so much better ways, but it was just easiest to have, you know, punk two people in a camera and some dialogue. When you don't, when you don't have to, uh, orchestrate with subtlety yeah the setup punch payoff totally that you why would they yeah they get a lot of money from hbo the fans love yeah. whatever they do hey i loved when jorah and Jon snow talked about the sword remember that yeah yeah uh, yeah i can't yeah. help but see an amazing similarity between the two georges here okay we have you know two <laughs> amazing universes created by two georges who's the other george lucas oh Jesus Christ. And the other one, and you know, one's been hijacked by Disney. The other one's been hijacked by HBO. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But I just find by it. Women's lib. 
I was going to ask you guys honestly about Martin and all this. Does he have kind of like an obligation to finish this? Does- he has to because his is going to be like at this point, his is going to be the superior version of this story. Like there is no, matter no what. doubt. Yeah. No matter <laughs> what. No matter what. No matter what. Does he have an obligation to adhere to what they do on TV? Not though? at all. Okay. Not at all. His is already going to be the superior version of this story. I think also. This. I think also he is in a position where he's the best chance to feel like there's a like a more a, a less mongoloid payoff to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. How because- dare you, sir? <laughs> Do you want to take that back? We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. A less less caveman payoff to the whole situation. He's the best bet to get some kind of subtlety. So I'm not even, I don't even know if there's an obligation on Mm -hmm. his part. I think there's more just of like, if he wants to take all the time in the world to write it, please do. Because that's the best chance we have at a more subtle, thoughtful ending and progression to the last of the story. And speaking on that speed, I think that, that's one of the main problems is it feels like right now they're just trying to get it over with. They yeah. want to, they already got the next show. They've already announced what they're going to do next. They just want to get out of it. Uh, the spinoff yeah. you mean of the, no, he means Confederate. Oh, I mean, God. Confederate. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. They was, already have this coming up. So, yeah. so without, that's the next big one. Yeah. Without getting into that much, but, but they already like, they won out. I think it's they checked very out clear. Uh, maybe a season or two ago. Oh yeah, That's, no doubt. Because this pacing like just picked up so much. You go, yeah. you go back and you watch the first season, and the pacing of it is like so like nice and like slow. And we're getting to know characters, and we're meeting right. everyone. The, We've met everyone now, so they're just like boom, 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 I th- boom. I think there's a direct correlation to uh, the quality of the show versus the number of boobs per episode. <laughs> And as the quality has diminished, so have the number of <laughs> boobs per episode. It's, I mean, yeah. you know. If it, anyone understands boobs, it's you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you're the authority. Yeah. There's been zero <laughs> boobs, right? This it, whole season. Um, I, yeah. Missande's boobs. Oh, was that this season? Well, yeah, oh, and Cersei's. Cersei's been naked. Not this season. Yeah. This season? Yeah, she got oh, out of bed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she yeah, did. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although wow. it might have been a body double. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I'm assuming it was at this point. It doesn't count at this point. I've seen it too much. <laughs> yeah. After it's walked naked and got, you know, shamed. That was a body that double. That was a body the, double, the, I know. My it walks naked. Of course. <laughs> After it walks naked. <laughs> It and it puts the lotion on. Exactly. It puts the lotion in the basket. It puts the lotion in the basket. We're good. Pronoun thing pretty far. Fictional characters. After Z walks through the street. Yeah. Yeah. So my prediction, which is not a very amazing one, but I think if they do this next show, it's going to become very obvious very quickly that they're hack writers. Yeah, the I next agree. Uh, season have you or the next no, uh, spinoff. The, the have you spin-off read anything by do. them? You, no. Oh, oh, you're just you're, okay. yeah, you're saying next, whatever the writers well, do next is. They going. are doing uh, specifically Benioff and Weiss, the two show create are the mm-hmm. showrunners. Oh, and they're creators. the ones doing Confederate. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I believe gotcha. so. I didn't so realize that. Once okay. that happens, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. You're gonna see like, oh no, these guys are. Big time hacks. With well, a, with a couple. Either that or I defend them. Hold on. Let me defend them for a second. Uh, I, hacks, really? Come on. They've written some. They wrote some great written. They wrote some great episodes of Game of Thrones. Some of the best um, episodes of television. They, they took from some book. Good books. Huh? I think that's the they, hard part. To still a skill to adapt. Recognize. It is. Adapting is a skill. Adapting is a skill. To, yeah, we don't have any books on the show. You have to be like an editor, right? You just edit. 
was well, but then unnecessary. Then you have to question. Then you have to question some of the things that they added in that didn't need to be added in, like the whole Ramsey rapist watching several rapes. That's scenes a good thing. argument. I will take that. Argument. That's hackery for yeah. me. It's just that they they weren't mature enough, I guess, to handle that type of issue. Also, in a good they way. went like way. They went. Further with the red wedding too, right? With the wife like being there, the, oh, the with pregnant the woman pregnant dude. wife stabbed in the and, stomach, like, stabbed in the stomach. Like, yeah. you how how you go from like going more intense than from the books to like what you're doing now, which is like bronze a superhero. Yeah, he can like he can dive out of the way of Dragonfire twice. He can then swim with Jamie. Right, carrying him across a lake, yeah. a mile down the With a mile armor. out of the way in, <laughs> in a full armor. There's, there's no enemy in sight. He, he one swam. arm, like he doesn't have a hand. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could still like. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's helping a little bit, but come on. By the way, there was a great myth busting thing on. I think it was on YouTube where they took a guy in a full armor and put him in the water and see mm. if he could swim, and he sank right to the fucking. Oh, oh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. Think about how much you you sink wearing like a lead weighted belt for scuba yeah. diving, yeah. or like, just that's like not even. A have full you ever suit. jumped into a pool with, like like with your full clothes on, yeah. like just your shoes, yeah. and yeah. like be enough to take you down? And that's oh, basically yeah. the way that it's going right now. Is it's always like always like builds up to how's he going to escape Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, yeah. like we're getting so yeah. too yeah. many Deus. Every time. And that's every time. We got two of them in the last fucking yeah. episode. Yeah. That's hackery. <laughs> two of so, them in a row. I feel it's like, I oh, feel here's like, the dragons. Oh, here's Benjin. Great. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm about five years of of career exploration away from making my own Game of Thrones. So <laughs> I'm not sure that that's their marker of quality as writers yet. <laughs> I can do that shit. Just remember to text can run a D&D game. I can make a goddamn yep. Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. Why don't we just, let's raise money to like do one based upon the last two books, mm. you know? Redo the ending of this thing. Mm. Just get everybody back. We'll just get everybody back. Whenever that happens. The if director's cut. If I, if any one of us in this room was given a multi-million dollar sandbox to create <laughs> a series, I bet we could all come up with something. And they had a great, they had a successful book series already to go off. Of. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, you know, the, it's not necessarily that you have to be the greatest writer to get that opportunity. I think you just no. kind of have to have the right idea at the right time. Yeah. And I, I've read, uh, I read a book by Benioff. It's um, The Bread Thieves, I think oh, it is. Oh, the one about Leningrad, the Siege of Leningrad. Yeah, yeah. And What's it's, your take? Um, he's an acceptable writer, but he's like by no means like a great writer. He's tolerable. He's, yeah. it's, it's a decent story and everything. I didn't but burn the book. I would say, I would say it's like written. Um, I mean, it's not great writing is the thing. It's not like incredibly I, I get that intricate. it's a novel and yeah. so it's more difficult, but it's not, it's not the best writing. This does not bode well for Confederate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that doesn't bode yeah. well for Confederates. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Down, Next yeah. episode on Confederates, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. All of, this whole thing has been viral marketing for Confederate, huh? Yep. Yeah. All, all these statues coming down, all the fucking that's riots it. and in the streets. It's, oh, my God. It's yeah. figured it out. Just Let's go. HBO Conspiracy. pulling the strings. HBO is paying the fucking all right. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> 